0: Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. Wow. That's life-changing right there. Amen. Powerful. And we're so blessed to have people in this house that love and care. Amen? Well, are you ready for some word today for a few moments? I said, are you ready for some word today for a few moments? Amen. We have been really encouraging between now and the end of the year that we're going to finish this year strong in our praise and worship. Somebody say Amen. Amen. And uh, it's uh, it's happening, and we give God praise and glory for it. In fact, I and I'll I'll tie this theme in as we go through this morning. So, if you would uh, with me, just say this, and hopefully it'll make sense before we're all through. This is how we fight our battles. Say it again. This is how we fight our battles. Say it this way: This is how I fight my battles. Yeah. Amen. We are, we want to talk for a few moments about worship encounters. And uh, I read a survey recently that half of all the church adults say they don't they do not know what it means to experience the presence of God. Amen. Two thirds of the church say they don't even know what it means to worship. Not even clear on that. They don't have an understanding of it. And uh, so we need to realize that this is really important. What we're talking about is not just something, a gimmick that I came up with to try to finish this year. Uh, Why do we worship? Well, one of the main reasons is and one of the things that we really need to focus on is because he loves us. We worship because we should never forget how much God loves us. In fact, I tell you what, we've got to get y'all moving a little bit more. Just tell your neighbor right now, he he loves you. But we should never forget how much God loves us. And listen, wherever you are right now in your walk of life, whatever is going on, he never takes his eyes off of you, not for a millisecond. Even when you were being formed in your mother's womb, he kept his eye on you. He is always near you. He loves to hear your heartbeat. And we are invited. We have been given a divine invitation. I said a divine invitation to the very presence of God himself. He desires to hear our prayers and he promises to inhabit our praises. You know, the enemy tries to put up a curtain between us and God. But in Jesus' name, I am declaring that even to a greater degree and level, that between now and the end of the year, that curtain is going to be yanked down. Nothing between my soul and my sight. Nothing between me and the presence of God. Come on, somebody. I said nothing between me and the presence of God. Man, I'm telling you. Woo. Wow. So we need to realize that we need to worship God. Say, I need to worship him and I need to praise him. I need to worship him. So the question is this, if we are, if he does love us that much, what do you do when you're confronted with such great love? When you are presented with such great love, what do you do with it? Well, I'll tell you what you do. You sing to him. I said, you sing to him. You give him a rightful place by confessing, declaring, proclaiming his name. There are times that you will bow your knee and lower your head in submission and reverence. But then there are times when you will lift your head. Lift your hands and clap and dance in joyful anticipation. You lift up every gift he's given you in worship. You give him your life in worship and praise 24-7. Somebody say amen. amen. Because his love is worthy of that response. So here's what I want to say, and let's begin by doing this. And Drew's already picked up on it, so I'm going to stir it i got to go with you, Drew. we got to get them. If that is the case, and it is, here's my challenge to us. We must remember to applaud God exuberantly and often. And I think especially during this time of year in the South where sport is celebrated and people will stand up for three and a half hours and not sit down. <laughs> that we ought to be willing of all the people in all the world, of all the things that we honor, of all the things that we put in a place of preeminence, he ought to be first. And if anybody anywhere, anytime ought to get a standing ovation, it ought to be our God. If we can't give him a standing ovation, who are we going to give one to? Hallelujah! Yes! Come on, church! And may our lives, listen, may our lives give him a standing ovation all day long. Give him a standing ovation with your voice. Give him a standing ovation with your life. Give him a standing ovation with your gifts. Give him a standing ovation with your money. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. That's what we're declaring between now and the end of this year. Somebody say amen. You know, I was talking to one of the elders uh, this, this past week or two and and they said, you know, they got born again. God turned their life around radically. A little girl came home from school and started telling them about Jesus. And next thing you know, the whole family's changed. And they got fired up, got born again, got filled with the Spirit of God. And, and somebody got around them, and boy, they saw the difference in their life. And they said, you know, this, this God thing, it's all right, but listen, don't get too, you're getting too carried away. It's time to get carried away. People get carried away with everything in the world. No, uh -uh. we need to get carried away. And I'm praying that we get carried away by the presence of the Lord like we've already experienced in our hearts and in our lives today. But in Exodus 32, everybody say again, this is how we fight our battles. (laughs) Exodus 32. You know the story. Moses goes up to the mountain. He goes up to meet with God. And beginning at verse, let's see, verse 1, it says, the people saw, Moses went up, and then the people saw that he delayed in coming down. Boy, you ought to underline delayed in your Bible. When the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, they gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us, because we don't know what's become of Moses. We don't know what's happened to him. The man who brought us up out of this land of Egypt. And Aaron said to them, Break off your golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters. Bring them to me. They broke them off and brought them to Aaron. He received the gold from their hand. Excuse me. Fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said... This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, this is, this is almost, you know, our minds can't conceive it. But let me tell you, and, and we'll explain this maybe just a little bit more. You have to understand where they came from to understand why they're acting like this. See, when you don't know where they've been. They said, he makes a golden calf. And then they said, this is the God that brought us up from the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And he made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. They rose up early on the next day, offered burnt offerings, brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, go get down for your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt Have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf, worshiped it, worshiped it, and sacrificed to it, and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you up out of the land of Egypt. First of all, let's get a time frame on this. Moses is gone for 40 days. Everybody say 40 days. days. Now that doesn't sound long, but here's the thing here's what I want you to get. When that verse says that Moses delayed in coming down, every one of us in this house can relate to a time in our life when delays take place. It don't happen as fast as you think it's going to happen. It don't happen like you think it's going to happen. You're not hearing like you think you're going to hear. So we may not be able to relate exactly to how they responded, but everybody under the sound of my voice can relate to the place in your life where you got caught in a time when it didn't seem like it was going like you thought it was going to. So he's gone for 40 days. What happens in the delays? That's the question we ask. What happens in that time when you can look around and feel at times disappointed? the time between watch this now and hear it Israel couldn't see it their touch the guy that communicated with them from God was out of their sight out of their place of being able to hear therefore they couldn't see it they couldn't hear it so they cried out watch this Aaron, you give us something, anything, anything, give us something, give us anything right now in front of us that we can see, that we can experience, and that we can worship. That... The desire, listen, and the need, watch this church, the desire and the need to worship is so strong in us as humans. We're going to find something to worship somewhere, somehow, someplace. We are going to find something to worship even when we don't call it that. They called it that. But there's all kind of things going on in our world and in our culture and in church today. People are finding something to worship because we're created that way with that desire to worship. And they said, give us something that we can see, something that we can hear, something that we can touch, anything. Because they forgot. And here's the thing, if this thing had lasted eventually, eventually, that calf would yeah. have gotten old too. Yeah. 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 Here's what I've discovered. Things that we acquire and get, and I'm all for blessing and prosperity uh, with godly purpose, but let me tell you something. Anything you get that's new, eventually it's going to be old. Right. And it can only satisfy you for so long because you are created in the image of God to worship him, to know him, to be in love with him, to be on fire with the same passion that God has for us. To burn in our lives and it's the only thing that can satisfy. New things eventually become old. And so God is saying, look, we're create you created in my image. And here's what I've discovered. Worship encounters, worshiping God keeps us focused on the eternal. And watch this church because this is so important and it'll help you deal with some things. The more we remove God from our lives, and let me say this as a culture, as a nation, and as a world, the more we remove God from our lives, the more pressure we put on things around us to carry what only a connection to a divine creator can do. I want you to say with me, I am created, I am created to, worship God. to worship God. Because during these times though, here's the temptation, man, we can't see it. We can't feel it. You know, we're, we're, man, you know, it's, we're not understanding everything that's going on us, on in us and around us. And our desire to worship, watch this, gets shifted from God to a relationship. A family, nothing wrong with any of these things are all good. A favorite team, possessions, kids, all kinds of things. Our faith is placed on the temporal rather than the eternal. And watch this, here's the thing, and we can all identify with this. We want to throw stones at them and say, how could they ever do that? But the desire to worship something was so strong in them that they were literally willing to make a sacrifice of their money, And stuff that mattered to them. Let me say it this way. They were willing to give up the things of value in their lives to make an idol God. Take their wallet. If they'd had wallets back in those days, they had them out. The very things that they had spoiled from Egypt. In order to fulfill that. And here's my point. There is something inside of us that is reaching, is longing, and is looking. And it is because God loves us so much, there is something in us that longs to respond to that love. And if we don't give it to him, we'll place it somewhere else. Just like they did. You know, we used to sing, man, way, way back. I mean, a real old song. It said, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Wow. And here is the point that I want us to all ponder and think about because all of us at some time in our lives have probably had to deal with this somewhere along the way. In the absence of being able to see and hear God speak through Moses, what's this, they reverted back to the system of Egypt they came out of. false gods and false idols. They came out of a system. There was gods of the rivers. There was gods of the sea. There was gods of the dead. There was gods of this and gods of that and all kind of gods. And that for you know, if you go back and look at it, when you look at the, the, at the plagues that God brought, most of those were an absolute assault on the gods of Egypt. God was saying, I am the God and let me show you who the real God is. But they had existed in that environment. They had existed in that way of thinking so long that when the going got tough, they went back to the old way and said, Let's make us a God like we did back in Egypt. Yeah. But I want you to make a declaration with me in this house, and I want you to make a declaration over your life today, right now. And I want, I want you to let it rise up on the inside of you, and I want you to declare with me, everybody say, No matter what, no matter what. I'm not going back to Egypt. <laughs> You man, I. mm. In the delays and in the times of feeling disconnected, they were tempted to go back. But we are not going back to Egypt. We're not going back to Egypt in our heart and we're not going back to Egypt in our mind and we're not going back to Egypt in our way of thinking and we're not going back to Egypt in our worship. And we're not going back to Egypt in our praise. Come on. You know, there's a scripture I looked up, and uh, I think it's uh, Joshua. Uh, Anyway, it says, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." You know that word for serve one of the one of the words one of the things that, that it means is worship. Hey, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. We will serve because what I worship, who I worship, I serve. Everybody say, that's for me and my house, yes, and we will serve the Lord. I said it this way. I'm not going back to Egypt. Not going to, go to Egypt. Let me tell you what Egypt is. Egypt is a place of bondage from your past, from your thinking. It's a place of bondage in your expectation. It can be an addiction. Any place in your life, watch this, that represents Captivity. I'm not going back during those times of delay to Egypt. I'm not going back to captivity. Any place where you see God and yourself different than he really is and how he wants you to see yourself. It's any place of leadership that submits itself to leaders like Saul instead of leaders like Elijah. Now, I know some of you are thinking, what does that mean? Saul suppressed. Saul was jealous. Saul put down. Elijah said, come on, son, and let's walk in a double portion of everything that's been on my life. Let's have a generation that gets empowered by leadership that is not based on the leadership of someone like Pharaoh. Who, when confronted with Israel's desire to go and worship, said, I tell you what, he tried to get them to compromise. He said, I tell you what, you can go, but just go a day's journey and then come back. Go a little way and then come back. I want this church to make a declaration with me today. I want us to profoundly release it in the spirit and in our hearts, and that is this when it comes to the worship and praise of my God, I want you to shout out, I'm all in. in. Shout it, we're all in. Do you mean that? Do we mean that? I believe we do. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And here is a powerful, powerful thing. When they got in that time of testing, when they got in that time and, and they didn't know what was going on and there was so much happening and, and, and it seemed like there was delay after delay and, and Moses didn't come back. Listen to this. Here's the thing that all of us need to grab a hold of. Never allow the noise of your problems to be louder than the praise of your faith. Did you hear what I said? Never allow the noise of your problems to be louder than the praise of your faith. I want you to say it one more time. This is how we fight our battles. See, some of you didn't realize that we were, man, we were absolutely, we were releasing strategic warfare in this house this morning. As we praise God, as we worship him, as we lift up our praise, we were declaring in faith, Jesus, you are Lord. Father, you are worthy of my allegiance. You are worthy of my love. This is how we fight our battles. Wow, never allow the noise of your problems to be louder than the praise. Of your faith. This is how we fight our battles. Watch this. Through the years, whatever the report, this is how we have fought our battles in this house through the years. Whatever the report was, whatever the bank said, whatever people said, whatever religion said. We came in here and we fought our battles in our worship. We fought our battles with our praise. We fought our battles with our hands lifted. And when we couldn't lift our hand thank God hands, we didn't have the strength in ourselves, thank God somebody gathered around us and said, "Let me help you lift up your hands." That's how we fight our battles. Man The Lord later told Joshua, he said, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. Boy, aren't you glad you don't have to live under reproach anymore? You don't have to live ashamed anymore. Listen, reproach means shame, disgrace, and any residue of the past. Egypt is that place that's like I said, it's a place of confinement. It's a place of bondage. It's a place of limitation. What's this? It's a place of duality. It's a place where Israel had come out of Egypt. But Egypt hadn't come out of them. They still thought like Egyptians. And when the chips were down, then they started worshiping like Egyptians. Oh, y'all are quiet in this house this morning. Lord, have mercy. Help me. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it anyway. Glory be to God. Here's what God is saying. God is saying any place of containment to your spirit. Contamination, I'm sorry, contamination to your spirit. Your body, your mind, your finances, your relationships is broken, it is severed, it is defeated, and don't go back. I'm going to say that again. Any place of contamination to your spirit, your body, your mind, your finances, your relationships, it's broken, it's severed, it's defeated, and we're not going back. Say, I'm not going back to Egypt. But here's the good news in those times when Moses is delaying from coming down and we can, we can, we can draw the parallel to our lives. Here's what we got to do. And hear me church. You are not a born loser. You are a born chooser. We get to choose. We are born choosers. God gives us the ability to choose. And for most of us, that are trying to soak up more and more knowledge. Most of us don't need more knowledge. Most of us need to obey more, not learn more. Spiritual maturity is about obedience, not just knowledge. As for me and my house, I will. As for me and my house, I will. That's a choice. I will. Man, we're born choosers. Praise, listen, it's when we honor God by acknowledging him in everything we do. It's looking for him and his work no matter if it's a good day or a rotten day. Even when Moses is on the mountain for 40 days, it's still a good day because we get to choose to worship God. This is how we fight our battles. That's how we do it. We get to choose. This is how we fight our battles. Now here, I want to tell you something about your feelings. Stop waiting to feel right about obeying. Stop waiting to feel right about obeying obey and you will feel right. That just flew right on by some of you. Amen. Sometimes we want to feel it and then experience it and then walk in it. God says, if you'll trust me, if you'll step out in faith, if you'll worship me in faith, if you'll praise me in faith, if you'll live, you know, the thing about it is no matter what you're facing, God is good. No matter what I'm walking through, God is faithful. No matter what's going on around me, I'm going to praise him and I'm going to worship him and I'm going to glorify him. And we're going to declare, God, you are good. No matter how this thing works out, some way, somehow, Father, I trust you. And eventually, your emotions will eventually catch up to your obedience. (laughs) Worship is thanking God in all situations, even when we don't feel thankful. Amen. Wow. Isn't that awesome? So stop waiting to feel right about obeying. Obey and you're going to feel right. Here's, the, here's, here's some more uh, uh, truth about this. Whatever you're going through, here is the bottom line that I am walking in and I am believing and I am confessing over every one of us. Whatever we're going through, whatever we're going through, God is working all things together for our good. And there is a turnaround working in our favor. And my praise and my worship, I said, my praise and my worship, our collective praise and our worship is plowing the ground and it is thwarting the plans of the enemy. Shout it. This is how we fight our battles. Wow. When you're unable to see or understand God's plan, that's the time you got to trust his hands and know that he is good here's the bottom line and then we're going to come back and we're going to praise over our battle yes. i said we're going to praise and worship over our battle i mean if you're believing for healing today i believe there is going to be a i believe we're going to see it's already started as we worship and as we praise we're going to praise over our battle and that's how we fight our battles we're going to see god's strong hand released in genesis chapter 12 and we're going to wrap this up the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land, and I will show you. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. How I many have you got a promise from God? Wave it, Brother Scotty. Yes, yes, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. He moved on a word from God. Nothing but a word from God. No assurance but a word from God. Just a word from God. I'll give this land. There he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the, on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord. And he called on the name of the Lord. God takes an ordinary idol worshiper named Abram. And makes him the father of a nation and a blessing to the world. And here is something that's powerfully important. I wish church culture all over the world could hear this. Abraham begins to redefine himself and his life as he worships God. His life is redefined. His outlook is redefined. As he builds altars of worship, He begins to redefine himself as he has worship encounters. And, church, the New Testament parallel is this. In that place of beholding the Lord in worship, we are transformed. I said, we're transformed, we are changed. Metamorphosis takes place. And since we always become like whatever we worship, there is nothing greater than God could want for us, that God could want for his people than for them to worship him because God can't give us anything greater than himself. And he doesn't long for our worship because he needs affirmation. He desires for us to be transformed in the glory that takes place in his presence. The glory that fills us in times of even extended worship. But here's the thing I wish church culture could get. And make sure that they are absorbing. In this time and in this generation in particular. Abraham didn't try to redefine God. Abraham allowed God to redefine him. we got churches, much of the modern church, and I'm just going to say it, is trying to redefine God rather than allowing God to redefine them. I'm going to make me a God in my image, in my likeness. No golden calves in Jesus' name. God is saying to Abraham, Let me change you. Let me transform you. Let me redefine you. Let me give you, watch this church, a different perspective on your life. A perspective that is filled with hope and goodness. A perspective that is filled with potential. Abraham, watch this, trust me enough to come apart from everything you have known and called your life. And at 99, when Abraham begins to worship Jehovah, he is opening himself to the promise of having a child at 99. Man, I'm I'm telling you, there's some things in your future that are going to be birthed through the worship and the praise of Almighty God that we're going to enter into. But in, I said in November and December, we're going to have God encounters. We're going to have worship encounters. We're going to have praise encounters that are going to open us to the possibility of nine, at 99 having a child, whatever that child is, whatever that promise is, whatever that place is that God has put in you, that word that he's given you. Opened up to that promise, man. Because worship takes us to the realm of God possibilities as the Holy Spirit moves in our lives. You know what? I I have discovered that the Holy Spirit, there's a language of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. I said there is a language of the Holy Spirit when he speaks. And I tell you, I encounter the language of the Holy Spirit in my worship times, in my praise time, in my truck. You know, some of you in here, you sing so good in your car. You sing so good in the shower. You worship so good when you got that music going on. You can't carry a tune in a bucket, but you sound so good. Man, in those worship encounters, in those praise encounters, in those times when His presence begins to just fill and overflow, you you discover, and let me tell you what, if you have an ear to hear, well, this is not shallow stuff, folks. I'm telling you right now, this stuff is something that we all need to cultivate. But if you have an ear to hear, when you're in those times and you are in those places, the Holy Spirit will begin to communicate with you on a spirit level. And His language, the language of the Holy Spirit, is the language of possibilities, it is the language of dreams. It is the language of visions. It is the power to imagine and the power to believe. Wow. My, 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 my. Listen to this in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Well, Brother Scotty, if that's the case, how are we ever gonna know? I'm glad you asked that question because 1 Corinthians chapter two, verses nine and 10 say this, and this is more than a funeral passage. I've used it at funerals. I'm aware of it, but I'm telling you, this is a whole lot more than about a funeral. And it's a whole lot more than just about heaven. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, and it hadn't even entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. That's past tense. He's already prepared them, has prepared for those who love Him. How many of you love Him? How many of you love Him? How many of you love Him? Well, if it ended there, we would be without hope. But that's not what it says. It doesn't stop there. It hadn't even entered into our heart. Haven't even entered into our mind. But God, somebody say, "But God has revealed them to." Us. How many of you are in us? All right. Some of you are in Never Never Land. You didn't. You're not in us. You're... But God has revealed them to us. How? Am I preaching in the right church this morning? Okay. I might as well make sure. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Yes. Yes. Wow. For the Spirit searches How many of you need an answer? The Spirit searches all things. How many of you need direction? The Spirit searches all things. How many of you need healing? The Spirit searches all things. Whatever you need, the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Man, what an awesome, awesome promise. And here is something that's powerful. And I believe it still happens today. I believe it's happening today. I believe it's happening in our hearts, happening in our lives. And we'll continue to do so. And that is this. As Abraham steps out in faith, begins to build altars of worship, begins to encounter the presence of God, he begins to have dreams. He begins to have angelic visions. And not only that, his life begins to prosper like never before. Somebody say worship encounters. Worship encounters. I want you to say with me, this is how how I fight my battles. How many of you are facing a battle in any area of your life? I want you to join me right here at this altar right now. I'm 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 gonna be bold about it. Get up out of your seat, come up here. I don't care if it's a physical battle, a financial battle, whatever the battle is, there the the battle is raging, it is roaring, it might be a doctor's report. It might be uh, something that just looks like there's no way it's going to work out. And you might be in that place that Israel was. Some of you listening to me on, on podcast, some of you listening online, you're in that place where you feel like, man, Moses been gone for 40 days. And this sure seems like a long 40. You know, 40 days doesn't sound like long unless you're the one walking into 40 days. And then it can seem like a long time. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to release our praise and we're going to do our warfare today with our worship. We're going to do what God has commanded us to do. We're going to choose this day who we're going to serve. And I tell you what, church, I'm with you. I want you to know Susan and I pray over you. We believe God with you. And I refuse. Listen. There have been times through the years that I thought, and those of you that haven't been here maybe long enough to to know this, on occasion I like to mention it. You need to realize there were times through the years when we walked over here on Sunday and it looked like in the next two weeks wouldn't be nothing here. They were going to take it all. Bank was going to take everything, they were going to shut us down. You know, uh, it it looked so dark. It looked like Moses had gone on an extended vacation. But I'll tell you this, and we didn't feel like it all the time, just like you don't. But we came over here every Sunday. We lifted our hands, we lifted our hearts, we lifted our voices, and we declared, Father, we're going to praise you. This is how we're going to fight our battles. This is how we're going to do this, Father. We're going to lift our voices over our situation. We're going to praise. We're going to worship. We're going to give you glory. We're going to bring you honor, Father God, with our lives and with every breath that we've got within us, Father. We're going to declare that you're good and your mercy endures forever. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org.